Good morning, everyone. It's a beautiful sunrise. The colors are pink, orange, blue, and more. Take a look over the horizon. The clouds against it makes it really nice. A Right to Know Commission has concluded its business and made its final report. The commission was established by the general court specifically to study ways to reduce both the number and expense of resolving Right to Know complaints. The commission brought forward three recommendations for the general court to consider, suggesting legislation be brought forward in the next session to establish both an to establish both an ombudsman and a citizen's right-to-know appeals commission to resolve right-to-know grievances, establish right-to-know training for all public officials and employees who are subject to the right-to-know law to increase awareness, compliance, and minimize violations, and uh, uh, minimize costs and fees for citizens to file and adjudicate their right-to-know grievances. In releasing the report... Uh, Commission Chairman, District 2 Senator Bob Guida, Republican from Warren, issued a statement praising the committee, of course, saying its work to study and improve the state's right to know law was essential to providing transparency. Quote, the final report adopted by the commission today will serve as an outline for changes. We hope to make the statute ensuring that the right to know requests made to municipalities or any elected government body are addressed in an efficient manner that is compliant with the law. And no, I did not write that sentence. We've uploaded the report with this newsread at droughtatlarge.com. The investigation demanded by Manchester Ward 11 School Committee woman Kate DeRozier into whether or not at-large committee man Rich Gerard violated state wiretapping and right-to-know statutes has been completed. DeRozier accused Gerard of illegal conduct after being told he recorded a non-public meeting on September 11th. Gerard had been asked by the board vice chair, Arthur Beaudry, to keep minutes of the meeting in the absence of the board's clerk. Despite knowing this, DeRozier demanded an investigation into whether or not Gerard was guilty of either a Class B felony or misdemeanor for recording board members without their consent. She also demanded to know whether or not Gerard's recording of the meeting violated the state's right to know law because the matters under discussion involved personnel, which she claimed were not allowed by law to be recorded. Of course, she was wrong. The answer to all five of her questions predictably was no. After receiving the findings, Gerard sent an email demanding the immediate release of the information, which vindicated him against the, uh, quote, knowingly baseless charges. Mayor Ted Gatsis ordered a poll of the board asking the information be released. As of late yesterday afternoon, six members had voted in favor of releasing the information including Gatsis, Ward 2's Deb Langton, Ward 5's Lisa Freeman, Ward 7's Ross Terrio, Beaudry, and Ward 10's John Avard. Voting against releasing the information were DeRozier, surprise, Ward 1's Sarah Ambrosi, Ward 4's Leslie Want, and at-large member Nancy Tessier, who, as we all know, actually did leak information from that meeting on September 11th. Ward 3's Mary George's, Ward 6's Dan Bergeron, Ward 8's Erica Connors, and Ward 12's Connie Van Houten had not yet replied to the poll. Gerard has yet to decide whether or not his vote would constitute a conflict of interest under the, right, uh, under the city's charter, and therefore has withheld to this point his vote. News from Rome Backyard continues after this. Hi, I'm John Manellis, owner of Auto Care Plus. Join me every Friday morning at 7.40 for Auto Care Corner, where we'll take your calls and chat about everything you need to know about your car. Only on Gerard at Large. Thanks to members of our large and loyal listening audience, we have the answer to the question we posed in our story yesterday about quote-unquote outsourcing of local support by Ward 12 Aldermanic candidate Hassan Essa and Ward 8 school board member Erica Connors. 
If you recall, we reported that Essa and Connors were the beneficiaries of a postcard writing campaign designed to spur Democrats to the polls on their behalf. The outfit organizing the postcard writing efforts of Democrats across the country is based in Kennesaw, Georgia. Our question was whether or not the group came to these races of their own accord or whether or not they had been asked to. Well, again, thanks to our large and loyal listening audience, we've learned that Essa and Connors had to ask for their help, which raises a number of legal questions. As it turns out, Tony the Democrat, who runs the postcards, uh, who runs postcards to voters, has a process for determining which candidates will be helped free of charge to them. That involves the candidate asking for the help and a half-hour interview with the candidate to determine whether or not they may be worthy of it. The legal questions arise from there being a political action committee and whether or not it's uh, no, not candidates asking for help violate anti-collusion laws between candidates and third-party organizations. Regardless of how that question comes out, it would appear as, uh, as if Connors and Essa, rather than enlisting the support of local folks to support their local campaigns, have deliberately outsourced this grassroots work to a political action committee committed to backing candidates who oppose President Donald Trump and his agenda. Oh, some helpful hints to card writers from their website include, do not call the recipient a Democrat because the postcard could be headed for a mixed voter household. That uh, and, and the, the, they suggest addressing the uh, postcard to VIP voter or important voter or esteemed voter or something like that. Writers are told not to use their last name, just their first name or their initials and not to include their return address, email address or any social media info. Oh, yes, they're urged to, quote, stick to the talking points as well. All of this makes perfect sense when you consider that they're trying to hide the fact that they're not actually a resident of the local district whose outcome, whose election outcome they're trying to influence, doesn't it? Yeah, thank you, databases. The USS Manchester, named for the Queen City, will officially be commissioned in April. Because of this, some of the sailors who will crew the Navy's latest littoral combat ship will visit the Navy Junior Reserve Officers Training Corps at West High School tomorrow. The cadets, under the leadership of Captain Arthur Stoff and Master Gunnery Sergeant Ron Slagle, a.k.a. Master Guns, as he's known, will have a presentation on uh, on their unit, or will give a presentation on their unit. Other West students will present a history of the city and the school during the assembly. The West High School Band will add to the pomp and circumstance as they perform patriotic tunes this is the second ship the u.s navy has named in honor of the city the first uss manchester was a light cruiser that primarily operated in the pacific during the korean war it was commissioned in 1946 and decommissioned 10 years later that's news from our own backyard drought at large the uss host is coming next